Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Burnt Cookbook Party, an original Pathfinder campaign set in a unique fantasy world where four heroes of varying skills, attractiveness, and stupidity race against time to prevent a war. I'm Jenna Stever and I play Esther Blepafay, adult half-elf oracle, who is exactly who she says she is. And I am joined by... Andrew Hansen, playing Johnny Brightchild, a hot and sunny Ifrit Resort Spa paladin, eager to help and flex... Caitlin Statehar playing Patty Hertz, a rat folk ranger dandy with a nose for gossip and cheese. Paul Lukemeyer playing Zelf, an elven battle chef carving a name for himself in the high-stakes world of magical cooking. And we're, of course, led today and for the rest of all time by our illustrious GM and world builder, Justin Green. Justin, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Been watching a lot of YouTube videos of will readings to prepare myself. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought that was just something you did for fun. Yeah, like like, ASMR, but it's will readings. Is is there going to be an extra where you rate, like Justin Green reacts? (laughs) Reacts to will readings. Hey guys, here's my top five will readings. It was like 70% soap operas and then 30% like just lawyers who are like, it's not actually fun. It's not actually entertaining. And then they like will read. Like a really dry, like will out loud to like ruin the fun of will readings. I don't know. God, what's up with lawyers? They're such fucking buzzkills. <laughs> Why are they so terrible, guys? Yeah. Why are they literally the worst humans? Seriously. Johnny, you wake up well rested in your own bed. <sighs> looking up at the comforting side of your sword just dangling precariously above you. Nice. <laughs> I forgot about that. As you make your way back into like the shared living area to start your day, you admire the quality craftsmanship of the new door that you and Miss Morn crafted together. Uh, Johnny Aww. makes some yerba mate tea <laughs> in the morning, you know, as he's doing his stretches and he, you know, admires the door. Kind of looks around and he's like, oh yeah. I gotta remember to get Astra's books. Grabs some boxes of the books and puts them in front of the door so that he doesn't leave without them. Is Manny there? Manny is not there. Miss Morn would be able to tell you that Manny left with Commander Valentine. 
for Mjolnir. Mm. Oh, whoa. Okay. Mm. I wish I had some way to contact my team from a distance. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When you find her, like, in the courtyard, uh, you see that she's talking with Archmage Venturi, uh, who you hadn't seen around previously. It had just been the two of you. He's like the big boss. Yes, he is. He is the top of the top. And then you also see that Taft's squad has returned, and you see them, like, doing some light training together outside in the grass. Uh, But you don't see Taft anywhere. Oh, no. Um, anyway, I think I'm going to go do some exercises with Taft's squad over there. Thanks again for the door. Bye. <laughs> and then he's uh, going to go over and see how Taft's squad is doing. They greet you pleasantly, except for Baldwin. Uh, stop your back and, and kind of just catch up nonchalantly. Mallow tells you, you know, oh, you know, Taft got a notice last night that his dad passed away, man. So he sent us back here while he went home to Arrow Peak. Oh, man. What does that mean for him, right? Like... Like, isn't his mom, like, part of the hospital? Yeah, his mom's a big deal. His dad is, you know, just a, he's a cobbler. He's like the human one, like, Taft's an elf on his mom's side. And his dad was, you know, getting pretty, pretty on in the years. Oh. Bro, so, like, what have you been up to? Like, you know, like, after (laughs) New Haven and stuff. Man, uh, we went up to the capital. Like, Taft eventually wanted to speak to the queen about Lieutenant Stanton. uh, But luckily, uh, Valentine talked him out of it, man. Like... What? Shouldn't you tell the queen, like, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah... (laughs) <laughs> Obviously, we'd like to, you know, have some proof of this guy's innocence and help him out, but they're kind of looking for someone to blame, I think. Right, and there's, like, no clear culprit. Valentine was worried that they would blame it on Taft because he was the one who was in charge of guarding him, and they used to, you know, know each other back in the day. Stanton trained Taft when he was younger. Hmm. Whoa. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But, like, Taft? Like, when I saw him, he was, like, pretty confused. Like, he said what the prince said, like, wasn't right. Like, has he talked to you about that? Yeah, but you can't just go around saying that the prince is lying, right? <laughs> but, like, why, though? <laughs> like, if he is, like, then you gotta tell, like, like his mom, right? Like, that's why you tell the queen? <laughs> sweet, sweet Johnny. So, like, the prince is lying, then that's, like, putting Taft in trouble, right? I wouldn't worry about it, Johnny. Like, leave it to Valentine. He knows what he's doing. He'll keep Taft safe. Right. So, like, what's the capital like? It's been a while. It's awesome, man. They've got, like, the biggest blitz stadium that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah? I wish that I could have just spent the last couple days, like, just with Blitz, man. Dude, guess what? Like, I got to play some Blitz with, like, the people in Phanalyn. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> they play it totally differently. And, like, I was, like, super good and, like, on point, but, like, they didn't care until, like, I could, like, ooh, do some spell shit. Like, it's pretty lame how, like, super into spells they are. And, like, they disrespect people who, like, don't do spells. But whatever. I couldn't play and play good because they all do spells and I don't do spells, and that's stupid. It's funny. <laughs> you guys are interrupted by Archmage Venturi. Oh. Sorry, sir. <laughs> he comes over to speak mostly to Taft's squad. Uh, he says, I just got word from General Windstar that there was another erosion attack. The Winter Guard Navy is attempting to take a, a Berwinian sea fort to the south. Several merchant vessels were heavily damaged in the crossfire. Mallow, with Commander Warsaw absent, your squad should head to Bellkeep and report to Windstar for the time being. 
Taff Squad like nods their understanding and starts to get ready to leave again. Johnny is like, oh, Commander, General, Sir. If Venturi says <laughs> away and like doesn't acknowledge him, Johnny w- is going to ask him something, though. Uh, Venturi will say, uh, Johnny, you can be of most help with your squad. Commander Valentine will rendezvous with the four of you in Mjolnir. Right. It is my intention to return as soon as possible, sir. I'm sorry I got caught up fraternizing with my comrades. <laughs> sir, I have a question if you have time, though. Yes, of course. You're an archmage, right? That's correct. Did you know Archmage Winhorn? Ah, yes. Uh, Commander Mistborn has caught me up on the situation. Uh, she is going to be uh, stepping away, at least for the time being. Officially, she'll be recruiting a new squad of mages, but unofficially, she'll be handling the situation that's happening in Fainolin. Whoa. Oh. Nice count on Mistborn. I trust Mistborn more than some of these other schmoes. But, like, did you know the guy? Like, he was also, like, an archmage, right? He's been, like, masquerading, like, as, like, the mage, like, another god, like, this whole time. I wish I could say I was surprised to find out that he had a dark side. (laughs) What I'm more surprised about is that the other two members of the tribunal aren't keeping him in check. I don't know them as well as you, so, like, you know, I haven't had a chance to ask him. All right. Thank you. Uh, Professor, General, sir, uh, thank you for your time. I will head back uh, as soon as possible. I'll grab my things and my books, and I'll be on my way. On your way back, I'm going to have you make a second perception check, John. <laughs> Hell yeah. Roll it two. No, roll good. Get ready, gang. Roll a good per job. Seat. Per D20 <laughs> minus one. Uh, I roll, ooh, a 16 oh, for a 15. Okay. 15's not terrible. Come on, I'm excited. You know, I'm ready. I'm taking in the sights. Yeah, I, I figured he'd be too busy beatboxing to notice anything. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, as you switch trains in Waypoint to head north, you notice a large group of Triad Trainline employees that are grouped together and kind of like forming a picket line, launching some sort of protest against the train line. Whoa. Hey, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, you are able to ascertain just from the crowd that uh, they've lost their job, that the train line Uh. that goes south to Erosia and the one that goes to New Haven are both inoperable. Uh, Mm. And so a bunch of people have been laid off. Oh, man. Yeah, the war. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bummer, the war. They say war is bad for business. Too bad Patty's not there. She loves a picket line. But she's just bopping around eating Pop-Tarts. So. Johnny's like, uh, since he's like a paladin that like helps the downtrodden, like he'll like, you know, if there's anyone who's like hurt or like wounded or something like that, or like he's got some spare food, he'll hand some stuff out and then like, you know, don't worry, like don't give up hope. Like it's important, like keep living. Like you never know what's going to happen. The sun rises each day. Hmm. So... Hmm. You know, don't give up. <laughs> I'm sure they're thrilled to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Typical sun worshiper. <laughs> Maybe it's like a honk if you support the union kind of thing, where they're just like happy for any interaction. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I continue on my way. Cool. So in Mjolnir, you guys have one last day of downtime. If there was something that you wanted to get done, before that, 
I was going to have Patty rule for the rumors trickling in from Fainalyn. Oh, yeah. You currently have a plus three bonus. You were successful in starting to spread this rumor that Castian was involved. Oh, my God. <laughs> and God. it actually dovetails nicely with some <laughs> actual information that is coming in, which was that General Windstar was in Fainalyn and that multiple Gavlin paladins seem to be involved. Yeah, how convenient. <laughs> which is yeah, true. Because, like, I told her to go check it out, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, thanks, Johnny. <laughs> so I will lower the DC this time because it did work out perfectly. It's all coming together. Oh, man. This is the first time that you hear about Ansel Farrell's involvement. Like, his actual name is coming up. Mm, interesting. Okay. I have rolled a 7, adding 12. That gives a 19. How are you attempting to spin this? Mm, mm, I love where things are going with Castian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think how I want to how I want to angle the Ansel issue because I mean, while I would love to also shift blame onto anyone that's not a direct member of our party, I mean we were kind of <laughs> allies at the end there. So yeah. Ooh, you know what I think I'm going to do? What? I might spread a little bit of the truth and start dropping hints that maybe Ansel Farrell was framed and wasn't involved in necromancy after all. I don't know. I just think it's fun. Who knows? It's just like lost. It doesn't matter. It's going to keep going. As long as they're not looking at us, that's all I care about. Something more You're just great. No, this is perfect. I love it. People can draw their own conclusions about who framed him. That's what makes it so good. The rumor has a life of its own. It does. Johnny knows where Groton lives, so the four of you are able to reunite. Yay, Johnny! Hey, what's up? Hey, I got books. <laughs> oh, Johnny! Awesome, we're vigilantes now. <laughs> uh, arguably, we always were. I was going to bring back Manny. I totally didn't forget. Well, I did for a second, but like then I remembered. Uh, but like, I guess he's already here. Already here? Yeah. Also, like Professor Valentine's also here. You know, he's so quiet, he's always underfoot until he's not, and then you don't know where he is. <laughs> but we'll find him. So it sounds like that's Elf's task of the day. He's going to check out the Noble District to see if he can hear, you know, people mention that Ventaro is around since that guy is such a celebrity, or the Prince since Ventaro is part of the Prince's train. So if you want to use any time for the journal for downtime... Oh, oh, damn. Oh, now God. is your chance. Oh, we Save. forgot about that. Nah, man, you're right. I don't want to push you to do one yeah. thing, but the last two days you also didn't do that. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to regret <laughs> if I don't do it. Johnny will give him a high five as Ooh. he tags in uh, and tags him out <laughs> for the party. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's already half in the books as we walk out the door. Yeah, he doesn't even know we're leaving. Do you guys want to eat somewhere <laughs> do you guys want to do something <laughs> absolutely let's go eat okay yeah johnny hasn't gotten to go anywhere no. yet oh my god is there places like the cat's cafe like that we went to in Fainalin? like i'd love to see how they do it in mealnor 
We went to the stupid Pop-Tart place. Gave me such a sugar <laughs> high, I felt so sick afterwards. Ugh. Oh, it was so delicious, though. I was glad. I'm glad we went. Ugh. Whoa. Like, you know, like, I'm not normally a fan of Pop-Tarts. Like, I know some people really like to have those sorts of, like, sugary things for breakfast. But, like, oh yeah, my whole, like, morning routine just gets really thrown out of whack. I like to have, like, sort of, like, you know, like, you know, like, sort of, like. Gruel? Yeah, like a really, really smooth gruel. Yeah. <laughs> disgusting, Johnny. Absolutely disgusting. Well, like, you know, but like if you put fruit in it and like, you know, fruit like some gruel. like honey, ah. it's, it's really, okay. I mean, I can't argue. It makes you real strong. So I guess it works. I don't know. We could go to the tea house. That kind of sounds nice. Maybe they do high tea. That could be so fun. Ooh. Oh. That would be fun. I would also love to watch Giant Johnny pick up tiny teacups with his big hands. <gasps> I would love to go to tea with you too. <laughs> I feel like even normal size Johnny is going to be entertaining in a tea house. So. Yeah, normal size Johnny is still huge. To <laughs> still really big. He'll still knock some yes. things over. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go to the Vilnet Tea House, and I'm gonna ask about the Beast of Mjolnir to everybody there because I am very interested in that. Have you heard the latest gossip? <laughs> they say about. <laughs> The Beast of Mjolnir? Why, Johnny, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I think it's so fascinating, and I would just love to hear if anybody had some firsthand experience with it, since we're just tourists here and we're impressionable. Yeah, you guys find that information about the Beast of Mjolnir is pretty limited in the noble districts, the restaurant districts. Hmm. They are not affected in any way by the Beast of Mjolnir. Uh, so they're getting, you know, third or fourth hand rumors of nice. what's happening on the poor side of town. So most of them are just kind of like brushing it off, like just another reason why it's terrible to live in West Mjolnir. <laughs> they must be used to this kind of thing happening all the time over there. Justin, where does Groton go during the day? Does he have like a 14 hour shift at some sweatshop? <laughs> Groton works at the food bank in West oh, Mjolnir. Right. I think you mentioned that. That's sweet. What a giver. Wow. <laughs> Groton also will say to you, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about how to prove the, the chairman is really dead. And though I swore to never cook again, I, I, th I think I have a recipe that might be useful for your investigation self. Mm. Groton will get out his old recipe book and blow the dust off of it. Oh man, he kept it. It's under the floorboards. <laughs> he will teach you the validation spell, Paul, that you had specifically asked about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just so you guys know, this is a spell based on one in the Pathfinder core book, but Justin adjusted the name to make it Gretton's validation. And what you do is, uh, if you have a body part from a creature, could be a bit of hair or a fingernail clipping, then you can validate whether another creature you're interacting with matches that sample. What? Wow. Oh, wait, okay. Okay, so I gotta digest that for a minute. <laughs> yeah. If you're talking to somebody who you think is a fake uh, and you happen to have the real person's like lock of hair or something, then you can touch them and say, okay, are they real or not? Whoa. Okay. God, I was thinking like if you had like a finger from the real thing or something. I, I went gross with it. <laughs> yeah, or a spot of blood. Or a vial That's of cool. goo. We've collected some vials of goo along the way. Oh, yeah. So much goo. Another step down the road of paranoia for Zelf. <laughs> well, Zelf is going to take this and he's honestly touched somewhere down, you know, in his Grinch-like heart. It grows three sizes. So Zelf is going to say... How have you been, Groton, since you left the chairman? 
I always had a deep respect for you that you were able to get out. I tried for a minute, but then I was back in. Grutton kind of nods. He says, I really like working at the food bank. I, I feel like it's making up for a lot of the time that we spent with the chairman, but I, I don't feel like I'll ever be really able to relax uh, until after this will reading. Hopefully we'll calm down and move on finally. I understand. Oh. I understand. You haven't seen Bocas, have you? She dropped in and paid me a visit. You know she was always more of a fan of you than me. She never thought much of me as a chef or a person. <laughs> well, Bocas is a special, special case. <laughs> I wouldn't take her disapproval as an indictment. All right, well, I understand that we dropped in on you inconveniently. Groton, is there anything I can do for you? Or would it be best just to take me and any other reminder of the chairman and disappear? He says, you know, I thought that having you here would only bring back bad memories, but it's honestly been nice, Zelf. Uh, don't be a stranger in the future. Come back to Milnor more often. Aww. Aww. Well, Zelf has a poker face because he doesn't like Milnor that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice, though. Zelf, make a, a craft alchemy check. All right, yeah, I'll I'll do my research. Uh, I owed two rolls. The second of two rolls for my craft alchemy check was actually a natural 20. Ooh, Beautiful. very nice. Would it be better if I go higher? I can spend inspiration. No, a nat 20 is, is okay. fine. Uh, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Using the advanced knowledge of ink and printing that Astra had given you, Zelf, you are able to create an alchemical agent that safely removes the black marks that are redacting a lengthy entry in the journal. I'll call it wacky putty. <laughs> <laughs> Once it's gone, you see that it was written not by Bavel, but by his friend Giha, oh. who uh, he oh. had initially asked you to deliver the journal right. to. Hmm. It's also just a continuation of the previous entry, the previous loop that seemed at first like it may have ended as many of them do when Bavel entered the Nantrum Mines to become a demigod. Right. But uh, it's actually picked up after that by Giha. And so mm. she writes that first she made a mistake of using her psychometry powers on it. So she touches it to see its history and then she's rendered comatose for three months. Oh man. Oh, and so oh, shit. When she wakes <laughs> up, uh, she uh, still is in possession of the journal and she's able to confirm to Bavel that he was successful in becoming the demigod of Hibdal, oh. but that it didn't stop the time loops like he had hoped. Hmm. All it did was really draw a target on his back from this like group of adventurers that is calling themselves the Ministry of the Fleeting Zodiac. Whoa. Whoa. Not only do they know about the time loops as well, but this ministry fervently believes that the only way to end the time loops is to sever all ties between Irisol and the gods. Ooh. So that means killing all of the oh. remaining demigods, destroying all of their artifacts of inspiration. Yeah, great. This is the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> so Giha chronicles her efforts to meet with the ministry, and she finds that they're more than happy to sit down with her once they learn that she's looking for them and that they're really open and kind. They're sympathetic, even that Bavel has turned himself into a demigod and made himself, you know, an obstacle. <laughs> uh, she believes that they're not evil people, but people who 
really believe that they're doing what needs to be done, that this is the only way to stop the time loop. Wow. And however, the longer she spends with them, the more she fears that stopping the time loop is maybe not worth the actions that they're taking to accomplish it because hmm. they're killing good and neutral demigods. She's also terrified to learn just how many repeating events in the loops are like painstakingly orchestrated by them <laughs> in order to like streamline their goals. Oh, oh my God. God. And probably okay. most concerningly, she's, she's upset because they're evading her questions about how they will deal with the doom weapon. She says to them, you know, he must have to be freed from the ice dome in order to kill it. And they won't really <laughs> confirm or deny uh, what they plan to do. And so she's having witnessed the destruction of Olvidale firsthand. Hmm. Nothing nothing that they can say will convince her that that's the right action. Hmm. Understandably <laughs> concerned. Yeah. God, well, that's incredible. Damn. So overall, the journal passage is just a, an attempt to convince Bavel to not be so narrowly focused on becoming a demigod. <laughs> Which, of course, he ignores, right? <laughs> well, at least he it, it's been blacked out. So somebody unknown who has hidden this from him oh. uh, and anybody who reads the journal, they have blacked out this entire entry. Boy, Fascinating. So I mean, okay, who would black it out? I don't think it would be the ministry because if they had possession of the book, I don't see that they would allow it to continue to exist. Well, somebody deciding that they need Bavel as a demigod. Like, you know, like Bavel as a demigod serves some end for either side. They're using him to serve some of their own purpose of some kind. It could be the ministry's purpose. You know, they could need him as a demigod because he could be crazy. Or it could be some other party that's trying to get Bavel to be a demigod to fight the ministry or something like that. Like, Forming mm. the God connection seems to be the objective of another Interesting. agency. Well, the Ministry seemed to have no problem with killing Harvel before he ascended to demigodhood. So I think that if mm. they knew Bavel was going to be a demigod through all the loops, they would just kill him and be done with it. But you might be right that there's more to it. I'm also curious if this is the only time in which Bavel ascends. And what it means if that's blacked out. If there are other mentions that are not blacked out where he ascends, that might also be good information to have. But if this is the only one where he successfully becomes a demigod and it's the only one that's blacked out, that is some interesting information. Very much. That means that somebody has survived and experienced that before or something like that. Like they know. Yeah. It's the only entry that exists following his attempt so Hmm. there's no way to know whether he was successful or not only that he never returned to the journal Hmm. in any other loop where he attempted it this is the only one where still bavel didn't return to the journal but somebody else picked it up and and followed up on it interesting i wonder yeah i'm so curious if giha blacked it out maybe Mm, like a future iteration of Giha or something oh, like that, deciding yeah. that Ooh, yeah. no, like, we needed him as a god. That'd be pretty interesting. She told him and something bad happened, and then, mm, yeah. I don't know. Well, the book's physicality remains through the loops, so we've already changed the next loop because Bavel's going to read and find out that he does become the demigod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Since I you, didn't yeah. think about that. <laughs> But too late now. <laughs> Unless we re-redact it. No, <laughs> Unless we, that's, you know, yeah. tell things about it, but he'll, he'll crowdsource <laughs> the decision of the team. Does Giha write <laughs> any details 
about the individual members of the ministry. Hmm. She writes that there are five of them. Ah. She writes that they wear matching uniforms. They're a Sentai team. Nerdy. Guys, maybe we're on the wrong side. Look at their uniforms. <laughs> you know, until I said five, I thought, are they us in another time loop? But no. Oh, oh shit. Paul, that is exactly Paul, what I call, thought. It could still be us plus an NPC. And Manny, yeah. when Manny ascends. He's Manny. the pinky. Oh, wow. If they're wearing masks, then it's for sure us. We're going to have to fight them at some point. Great. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Great. good recovery. You spend the rest of your time also uh, just learning the ritual. So put a good day's worth of that into research. Great. This is what it feels like when you finally do that chore you've been putting off right? knowing you're supposed to be doing and it pays <laughs> off. I accomplished so much. <laughs> and you're like, damn it, I should have done this so much earlier. <sighs> oh, man. All right. Well, when they come back and they're talking about going to tea itself, it's just going to wait until they're all done. And then I'll slowly hold up the book and tap the freshly revealed script. Turns out somebody found the demigod killers before we did. They're a group of misguided heroes out there in the world taking advantage of the time loops before we did. Oh, so there's another group of people out there who know about the time loops? Well, at least one other one. I'm starting to feel like we were the last persons to find out. Well, we only found out in this loop so far. Oh, that's fair. Anyway, we don't know anything about who they are, but we do know that they share a name and a uniform. We might be able to piece that puzzle together if we find one. They're called the Ministry of the Fleeting Zodiac, and their only interest <sighs> is finding and slaying the demigods. That's a cool name. That's way cooler than Johnny Squad. Wow. <laughs> but like, well, I don't, whatever. But like, why? <laughs> because they think it'll end the time loops, or so they claim. What? There's some funny business there. Giha didn't totally trust them by the end. Giha? It's wild to hear her name again. Right. Yeah. If we ever have a chance, I think we should stop by her place. We were supposed to visit her before we decided not to. We were supposed to visit her? <laughs> oh, Johnny. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, about that. Bobble told us to take this uh, journal to her. Dude, Giha is like this super powerful, like, priestess. Oh. When, like, the Doom Weapon, like, attacked Olvidel, she was, like, there. And she was, Whoa. like, saving people. Huh. She could seriously help us, I bet. If she's even, like... A little bit still in the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good to know. We probably should have taken the journal to her. Let's move her up the list then. Sorry. I like just like just remembered who she was. Sorry. Sometimes. Like, oh, it's like okay, that. Johnny. We know your brain's. We know Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> your brain does Johnny things sometimes. Johnny things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still have more to learn about the ritual, but. So far, it's Hmm. somewhat of a relief to know more about who our enemies are. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Does it say whether they had successfully killed all the demigods in one cycle? Mm. Like, could they be right? It looks like at no point, at least when Giha was interacting with them, did they ever finish all the demigods off. She explicitly mentions how cagey they are about finding and retrieving Mm. the doom weapon before killing it. Ah. That will be tricky. Like, honestly... I don't even know if it can be destroyed. Hmm. It's one of the funny things about having to revive an apocalyptic evil and hope that you can kill it. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I think it should probably remain under the ice, personally. Well, anyway, I question their motives and I question their interpretation of the time loop. 
And even though they might mm. be friendly, obviously they're not totally forthcoming, only in so much as they want to propagandize what they're doing. Oh, well, they haven't met us yet. We're very friendly and likable. That's true. We're all very charming. And good at things. Uh, yeah, good at talking to people, good at convincing them of things. All right. I mean, it's something worth thinking about because, like, I don't think we should kill the demigods, but if killing them would break the time loop, then maybe that is what we should do. Um, you know, like, as a paladin of a demigod, like, I just, like, don't think that's a good idea. To not get behind this plan. Yeah, I'm just, like, not. <laughs> I'm going to need, like, some proof that, like, yeah. how could they possibly know the time loops end? If the time loops are still going on, right? Like, how are they even getting that information? Like, isn't that a little suspect if time's looping? Well, they might know something that we don't. Let's just, like, think about this logically. Like, there's no way that makes any sense. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Johnny's, like, in full of, like, we're not concerned. It's out of the question. They're bad people. Okay, okay, Johnny. Okay. No, you're right. Then we're there. They're our enemies, and we shouldn't listen to them. Okay. <laughs> Always in danger, all right? Like. <laughs> well, what I'm thinking is that we've already planned to interrupt whatever's going to happen at Molni, and we might meet them at the same time. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're probably the people beheading people, huh? Mm. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. Okay. I hadn't put that together. No, yeah. They're probably beheading people. That's not great. Well, a lingering question on my mind is, who are these adventurers that decided to form the Ministry of Fleeting Zodiac? And have we met one of them already? Whoa. Do you have a suspicion or are you just casting aspersions? No, but I'm wondering if one of the heroic adventures at Shadow End secretly thinks that the highest good that they can perform is ending these time loops. Mm. I mean, they might be right. Welcome! How are you enjoying Mjolnir so far? Well, hold on, because we've only just started scraping the icing off this cake, and you are not prepared for the puns coming your way at all. And hey, if uh, that's the kind of thing you like, maybe consider supporting us at patreon.com slash bcbparty. Becoming a member gives you access to behind-the-scenes content, special art that Justin has made for us players like maps and character sketches, ad-free episodes, and access to our exclusive and very cool Discord server. We've also got cool bonus episodes, like a three-shot miniseries set in the same universe and featuring some familiar faces, and a chat episode where we discuss the show and making it and answer questions from the Discord and from each other. And that's all for only $5 a month. And that's at patreon.com slash bcbparty. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So at the end of 6th day, when you guys go to sleep, I'm going to have you guys make a perception check at a minus five penalty oh, no. for me. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the greatest Uh-oh. skill ever. <laughs> Why does so much ride on perception? Always making us perceive. God. You know, like, maybe that should be the next bingo free space. Although somebody rolled a natural 20, like, damn. Hey. Well, I rolled a 20. Zelf is staying up late. He's got coffee in one hand, and he's got some strong <laughs> alcohol in the other, trying to calm his nerves for the will reading. Elf eyes open. Yeah, I rolled an eight yeah. total. Patty has ended up with a 27 because I have put so many points mm. into perception in order to nice. hopefully combat our natural inability to perceive <laughs> as a group. So. <laughs> Everybody but Zelf make a fortitude save. Oh. Interesting. Oh. You don't want to have to make that in a city of food. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, right? Is this food poisoning from the tea house? Isn't there a health inspector going around? Like <laughs> They've all been abducted. Who's in charge this is here? ridiculous. Regulation. Oh, I got a 14 on my fortitude. I got a 17. I'm immune to disease. I got a 25. Zelf, Patty, and Johnny. Oh, no. You wake up with this feeling that Something is in the room with you. Oh, God. It's all at separate times. You just feel like there's a shadow, like something (sighs) is just right out of the corner of your eye. You're not sure what, but you never are able to pinpoint it. (sighs) Uh, Eventually, you each fall back asleep. In the morning, Astra, when you wake up, you are exhausted you just were restless oh. it was like having a sleep paralysis like a waking nightmare cool. you <sighs> just had terrible nightmares about like somebody performing surgery on your teeth like just little <laughs> oh, creatures God. that you couldn't see right outside <laughs> of your vision and you do feel just a soreness in your mouth oh. uh, when you wake up you take oh. a single point of damage when you wake up. What the fuck, Justin? What the fuck? This is terrifying. Everybody, this is going to have to come with a dentistry trigger warning for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Justin. <laughs> uh. As you're like 
sitting up and like just feeling where you have this pain in your mouth, you notice that two of your teeth are missing. <gasps> what? Oh my and God. <laughs> you're gonna take a minus one penalty to <laughs> any charisma skill that you do for the time being while you uh, have uh, missing teeth. This is completely what? insane. <laughs> charisma justin that's pretty bad news i'm missing justin you have to tell me which team oh my god ah there's a message as you sit up you notice that there is a folded piece of paper like tucked uh, right on your pillow nobody else notices as you open it up and you see a threatening message to you that says if you want to see your teeth again, come Fuck. alone to the Vilnet Candy Factory, midnight, or everyone will find out exactly who you are. Oh my god! Oh, holy shit! Chills! Chills! Is it the Tooth Fairy? Yeah, definitely. It's the reverse tooth fairy. Definitely a tooth fairy. Yeah, a tooth robber. A tooth robber. I've been robbed. Okay, well, I'm just at a full tilt. Astra wakes up and her mouth sore. Justin, which of my teeth are missing? I'll let you decide that. Oh, my God. Is it canine? Incisors. Is this the tooth you said you would be in the tooth-themed gang? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the note says it wants to see me again, if I want to see my teeth again. So it's got to be the eye teeth, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Punning, even in this scenario. Obviously. Even in the darkest of times, always punning. Yeah. So Astra's just missing her pointy teeth on the top row of her teeth. And I think she probably doesn't notice at first. She's just like, oh, my mouth hurts. What is this note? Did you guys get this note too? What's happening? What? No, I don't have a note. Uh, your mouth hurts though? Like, yeah. You, you clench your uh, teeth? Like Johnny like shows his teeth as he like bites down. Cause like sometimes. Yeah, maybe you're like grinding your teeth. It's a stress thing. Oh. Yeah. Maybe it's cause it's all this rich food we've been eating. Oh. It's probably from those damn Pop-Tarts, all that sugar. Like, do you feel the soreness, like, in your gums? Or, like... It's sort of, um... She'll, like, dig her finger in and be like, it's sort of, um... Oh. Oh. What? Oh, my oh. God. Whoa. Oh. Holy. Oh, Astra. Oh. <laughs> Daddy. Daddy. I'm missing teeth. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Girl, what? Oh, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. You look My great. Smile. You look fine. You look fine. Oh, it's Patty. I know yeah, you're lying. Uh, you've got a beautiful yeah. smile, Astra. <laughs> do we tell her about the other one? What is happening? So, this is your city. Is this the dentist? Did the dentist do this? He would never. But we were allies. Oh my god. The dentist day is real? <laughs> he's a real Johnny, and he's a murderer, and more worse than that, he stole my teeth. No, he's our friend. Justin, I definitely want to do a slight forensic analysis. I'm at least going to check for signs of entry. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask Astrid to cast Detect Magic, even though she is not feeling too great. <laughs> She'll do it. She'll be like, Zelf, you've got to use your detective skills to find my missing teeth. Zelf is going to taste the note for clues. <laughs> oh. yeah. You're making a mockery of me. This is how I work, Astra. <laughs> it's my process. Astra, do you want me to like... 
massage your gums to stop bleeding? <laughs> get, like, get, get your fingers out of my mouth, Johnny. It's not gonna or help. I, I, I asked, like, you know, like... <laughs> no, it just oh feels so weird. You don't find anything with the detect magic. There's nothing strange about the note or anything strange in the area. Zelf, you're able to determine that whoever came in probably was through the window. It was just barely cracked, wow. uh, but it was the only only way in. It would have to be something extremely small or something very malleable to get in. Like a tunnel mm. instrument? <laughs> in the window, Zelf? <laughs> well, I was thinking that's what they used to jimmy it. But I guess just in saying that uh, a small or amorphous being slithered through, yeah. Somebody squishy. Mm-hmm. Who do we know that's squishy? I don't know. I'm just pondering. Wait, <laughs> all of you, check. Do any of you have any extra teeth? Oh, cool. <laughs> Patty's going to like run to the mirror and start counting hers. Whoa, how many am I supposed to have? <laughs> One, two, three. Oh, Patty, you messed me up. Oh, stop ah, counting out loud. Stop it, Jenny, One, with your own two, mirror. Three. <laughs> I think we'll have to go to the factory to find the truth of this matter. I think so. <laughs> Fucking terrifying. Uh, genuinely shocking. Yeah, truly. <laughs> uh, okay, well, it says I'm supposed to come alone to the Vilnet Candy Factory at midnight. Tonight, I should go alone. No. Astra. It says, or everyone will find out exactly who I am. And I don't know what that means, but I don't want you guys to find out. Whatever that means. That means nothing, because obviously I am exactly who I say I am. Right, that's what you said. That's in the intro. A hero. (laughs) Oh, please. They're bluffing. That's totally... We're not letting you go alone. It's all right, Astro. We know you're the hero of Phanalyn, all right? Yeah. You don't need to, like, hide from that past anymore. <laughs> We're your friends and roommates. <laughs> or the fact that you're, like, a traveling arbiter or, you know, like... <laughs> like Johnny's just... incredible memory for one thing and Astro's lies. Astro, oh, you don't like have that. to hide from your friends roommates, colleagues, all of the above, sorority sisters, <laughs> Johnny squads, we're here for you. Okay, I, I'll want to go in alone and talk to them, but you guys should be nearby, just out of hearing shot, and there for, to protect me. But this is, we've got the will reading to go through, we'll just figure it out after that. I think I have like... <laughs> I've got I've got just the thing for this. And Astra will pull out a black hat with a long black veil that totally obscures her mouth. Oh I was God, going yes. to I was going to suggest right? like some fashion. sort of bead bedecked face mask of some kind for Astra to wear. This is perfect. Okay. Wow. Perfect reason to wear this hat. One last bit of upkeep uh, for Caitlin. Uh-huh. So you are now a plus 13 to your roll. There are two bits of rumors that you hear. Uh, so one mm-hmm. is that you hear rumors that the demigod of Ebnir Bishad, who's this uh, horrible sea monster, uh, seems to be drawn to the ley line reopening Ugh. and has been seen uh, along the coast of Berwyn. Normally Ooh. it's in the deep oceans. Incredible. Yeah, well, that sounds like a problem, but for another day. <laughs> This is also the first time that you hear your own name floated in relation to the crime. <gasps> no. So if you are going to try and influence this rumor as yourself, as Patty Hurts, the DC is going to be 35. Ooh. If you are going to try and do it some other way, DC 25. 
<sighs> Interesting. So yeah, if, if it's you directly, Patty Hurts saying, Patty Hurts has nothing to do with this, <laughs> it's going to be harder. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Could I use one of my other skills in conjunction with this? Could I like disguise myself as just a noble lady strolling through the restaurant district, <laughs> talking loudly to her friend. Absolutely. That is what I want to do. Make a disguise check. All righty. And while you do that, give me some details about this alternate persona. Oh, God. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> so I rolled a 22 on my disguise skill check. You know, awesome. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm going to be Maddie again. Maddie is <laughs> a recent... High school graduate, very excited about her recent trip to Fainalin Academy, where she went on a number of very extensive campus tours. And as someone who recently visited Fainalin, she has some firsthand knowledge of what went down. And she's like, you know what? I met the coolest girls. I had the most fun. Shit got a little weird at the end, though. But, you know, I didn't run into anybody named Patty Hertz. And let me tell you, I met a lot of people on these tours. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Roll D20, Caitlin, and add add 13 to it. You're looking for a 25. I've rolled a 16 plus 13 is a 29. Beautiful. Yes, you have maintained your web of lies. Oh, God, it's getting more and more (laughs) fragile by the day. Oh, fucking funny. So the reading of Chairman Naga's will is taking place at Carnivore, which is a restaurant that used to belong to the chairman. When you enter, you are greeted by this squat, plant-like humanoid with green skin and leafy hair. Zelf, you know this to be Marrow Rondo, a vegetable person, or Kaelf, uh, as they are known in Mjolnir, uh, who has testified against Chairman Naga at the trial. Oh. They were kept as an ingredient prior to Naga's arrest, and as part of his judgment, the ownership of the restaurant was given to Marrow, and they <laughs> rebranded it as Carnivore, a meat-only restaurant, mm-hmm. deliberately to raise eyebrows. <sighs> the restaurant looks very different from the last time you were here, Zelf, when it was still under the control of the chairman, so the walls have been painted like a deep red, God. and Marrow has hung large cuts of meat from the ceiling and like decorative planters, and at each table, instead of like a flower in a vase, there's like a lamb shank oh, in a vase. <laughs> and like all of the framed art has been replaced with like butchery diagrams. Mero, she's uh, setting up this long table where she has like hot pot oh, ready yeah. to go for Funeral everybody. Hot pot, yeah. It's <laughs> tradition. Yeah. Do they have assigned seating? There's definitely at the front of the table is like Count Vilnit, just like more of the people who are running it. Beyond that, no. So you see that Bocus is already here. So Bocus door dressed very somberly. She's like wearing an all black chef outfit with like a lace veil <laughs> that's attached to the front of a chef hat. And she wears like black gloves, but you can see bite marks in the gloves where she's been like chewing oh, through terrifying. them. Goodness. Grattan did decide to come. Oh, he did. He maintains like a large distance from Bocus at all time. Yeah, Zelf also probably has some kind of formal chef wear that has like a cravat or something. <laughs> I like that Astra's hat just was perfectly appropriate. Yeah, immediately. Oh, yeah. Like, he was waiting for it. I knew. Zelf will go on in and take a seat. Excellent. As you enter, you are abruptly struck by a side hug as Manny uh, runs up. Chef, you you made it. 
and he has the Elaflute like in a harness on a leash uh, that he's pulling along with him. After a, a moment of excitement, he kind of realizes what he's doing and like immediately drops the hug and steps back uh, awkwardly. Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world, Manny. Although I'm surprised to see you here. Sweet boy. <laughs> Commander Valentine brought me with him. He knows so many people in the noble families here, Chef. He's been teaching me all about networking, and he's been trying to improve my posture. <laughs> we have been staying in Count Vilnet's mansion, and I, I had my own bed for the first time ever. It's so big. Oh, no. Oh, Manny. Manny, Manny. I was going to wait to say this, but I think this is important. Manny, let me ask you a question. Imagine that you had a puppy, and the puppy was happy and friendly and always tried to do what you told it to, but it had a tendency to run around and crash into things, and you just (laughs) let it go because it's a puppy after all, and it's scared of everything. But you leave it in your house one day. You leave it, and you come back, and the puppy has let a wolf into your house. (laughs) What? And you find out that the puppy is scared of everything that it shouldn't be, but it's not at all scared of the things it should be. And it tells you, oh, this wolf said it was your friend. I brought it into your house. And he used all your things. Isn't that great? Aren't you proud of me? Oh, boy. I didn't know what to think when you embarrassed me by cooking Bocus's meal using my china. But I had a lot of time to think about it. And... I remembered something Boca said about finding you wandering around a waypoint like a lost puppy. And I realized I was to blame because I hadn't taught you what you really need to know about the eat or be eaten world of magical cooking. But that's okay, Manny. We still have time. And we both have a lot to learn. Uh, I thought it was good atmosphere. Oh, boy. Manny's eyes are really big and his <laughs> lips are kind of quivering. Oh, he kind of hunches oh, down no. sadly. And as soon as he does, like, Bantaro Valentine just walks behind him and, like, adjusts him back up, like, pushes his shoulders back <laughs> as he's passing through. Uh, <laughs> Self pats Manny on the arm and says, well, listen, did you name your elephant? Oh, no. <laughs> he says, well, I, I, I named it Piccolo, Chef. Oh, Piccolo. Piccolo. Well, that's a lovely name, isn't it? Piccolo's a really good. Piccolo. It's so cute. Yeah, it's a really cute it's adorable. name. It's going to be so hard to eat Piccolo. Can I assess Piccolo's condition to see if he's been raised well in the last week? It might be too short a time interval. Absolutely. Yeah, you can make uh, a knowledge nature check. Not a profession chef check. <laughs> you can make a profession chef check if you would like to. Oh, oh, God. How it's been treated oh, as an ingredient. It's health and fitness for consumption. Uh, my knowledge nature is a 25. Manny's been doing a great job. Okay. The Elephant oh, nice. seems uh, happier than it's ever been. Aww. It's fucking delightful, Justin. It is making little doot doot noises <laughs> as it, it prances around. Of course, it's doot doot. Okay. okay. What a merry animal to bring to such a terrible event. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Here, I brought my new puppy to this wake. 
Self thought that his monologue to Manny was going to be uplifting, so he considered that matter close. <laughs> oh, fucking of course. <laughs> He's like, yeah, He's like well, talk. that was uplifting. <laughs> and goes to find his seat. What? I said it was my fault. You're so shitty. <laughs> I didn't blame you. Jeez, what do you want? Bentaro briefly speaks to you all. He says, you know, it's good to see you all alive and well. We can catch up on shadow and business after the reading, but for now I'm here representing Berwyn. Normally, it would be Inspector Nipip's responsibility to oversee this, but in his absence, Count Vilnet asked me to step in, and favors our currency, isn't that right, Manwelf? So, of course, I agreed. Uh, I even said I would throw in some sad piano ma- music for the ambience. Wow. <laughs> some sad Ella flute music. <laughs> you don't happen to know where Nipip went, did you? Oh, I have no idea. I, I, I've been really busy just keeping up with everything after New Haven with the castle. It's mm. fair. All right. So you guys are able to grab seats at the table. A uh, hot pot is ready to go. Is there anything that you want to do? You do see that at the front of the table is a, a man who looks very much like Alec and who is wearing a, a crest belonging to House Vilnet that you've seen at the tea shop. Um, you are able to infer that this is Count Vilnet oh, who is kind of overseeing the, the event. What a bigwig. Yeah, Astra's going to sidle up to him uh, as they're both getting hot pot and say, Oh, Count Vilnet. I hear you run a really nice candy factory, huh? We're such big fans of candy. You know, there's nothing I love more than chewing on some candy, Vilnet. What's going on here? She wants to see if he's weird about teeth or chewing. I've always had a real sweet tooth until recently. He says, say things about yes. teeth and see how he reacts. <laughs> yeah, this is the only way Astra knows how to interrogate. She rolls a 12 on her sense motive check. Does that get anything? <laughs> he just seems a little bit confused. It's like, oh, yes, uh, that candy factory's been in my family for generations. <laughs> I hope that uh, you enjoy it while you were here visiting. Uh, yeah, okay. Hey, have a great wake. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Well, the only other thing that Zelf wants to do is just say hi to Gratton and Bogus, make his presence known. But he's a little cagey about the whole situation, so he'll plan himself mm. in the front row. They are too. They're both quiet, both equally nervous for opposite reasons. <laughs> Vilnit takes his seat. Bentaro sits nearby at the piano. And Vilnet begins to speak. He says, I, I want to start by saying that regardless of the circumstances surrounding our meeting here today, to the three of you, I'm very sorry for your loss. And without further ado, let's begin. And he takes out a piece of parchment and he unrolls it and he begins reading. He says, I, Chairman Naga of Berwyn, being of sound mind and in the presence of witnesses, hereby declare that this is the last will and testament and bequeath my estate as follows to my trio of remaining apprentices in honor of your sophisticated palates and the tenacity required to outlive me i reward you with one final meal prepared by my expert hand as the date of my passing is hopefully many years still in the future they have been 
preserved through magical means to maintain the quality of both taste and experience. What? And as Vilna is reading this, Mero Rondu rolls out a cart and on it is three plates of sashimi. And Whoa. they are covered by uh, these cloches that seem to like shimmer a little bit oh as God. they move under the light. Uh-huh. Vilnit is reading. He continues. He says, of course, there could be no other choice but to serve you my signature dish, Whoa. Naga sashimi. I don't even want to know what Naga sashimi is. I want to know what's Naga sashimi. <laughs> it's sashimi made from Naga. Mero places one plate of the sashimi in front of each of the apprentices, Zelf, uh, Bocus, Grattan. Oh my god. And Vilnit speaks to you just kind of uh, offhand, no longer reading. He just says, of course my staff has confirmed that there is no poison in the food, nor did they confirm any magical properties to the meal. However... On the ladder, the chairman was a particularly skilled chef and quite clever and sneaky, so <laughs> eat at your own risk uh, where that's concerned. But while you do, I will continue. Zelf, what do you think? You want to eat this? I have a question oh, first. Oh my god. Yeah. Are the plates individually labeled uh, for each of us? So there's a Zelf plate and a Bocus plate and a Gotten plate, or are they visibly the same? The clashes have. Name tags. Ooh. So yes, there's one for Zelf. It's like Christmas. One for Bocus. Oh yeah. no, it's not, Paul. Gonna <laughs> reach into his bag of stuff and pull out some chopsticks, uh, and he'll dig in <laughs> while the reading is finishing. Oh, of course oh, my he God. will. What? Horrifying. <laughs> okay. Horrifying. Jesus, Paul. You are playing Zelf to second guess every fucking thing in this game. You ask one billion questions. <laughs> you lick things. You you have an unlimited amount of investigator skills, but you're like, okay, time to eat my old master. Let's dig right in. No, yeah, just straight Zero into hesitation. it. Like, the only question is, are you sure this plate is mine? Yeah. Because like in this. Plate is mine, then I have to eat it. Like that's like, <laughs> masters can be so intense. Like he's probably like sitting next to to Patty's. Like this is probably like what another one of the trials from his master. Like my master's like always testing me. Like Patty's just grossed out by all the meat, so she's just gonna eat the vegan protein bar that she packed in her knapsack and just watch the proceedings. It's made from nuts and seeds. <laughs> she does, however, respect the political statement being made. By Marrow, so she's not upset about <laughs> of it. Of course, yeah, I'm not kidding. Justin, once I bite into it, yeah. can I tell if it's actually Naga or not? What? Oh, it is 100 percent actual Naga. Okay. Not well, not necessarily Chairman Naga. It is the monster that is <laughs> okay. a Naga uh, that has been prepared and served to you. Does it, in fact, have no magical effect that I can tell? So you do not, from eating it, experience anything r- uh, immediate. Hmm. 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 That's a cagey answer. <laughs> <laughs> Bogus door also digs in. Grattan, you can tell, is really weighing whether he should or not, <sighs> but ultimately decides to eat his as well when he sees you eating yours. Oh, no. oh God, you've led Grattan astray. Peer pressure. Uh, well, I guess if Zelf's doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah right. <laughs> Vilnit continues. Uh, he tells you that you each have received 2,000 gold. Oh, boy. Oh, very nice. To Bocus Door. 
in honor of your tranquil nature and calm hand, I leave you my timeshare in Safnia, where you can continue to pursue (laughs) the life of relaxation that you value so much. He turns to Grattan and he reads, To Grattan Dauphinois, in honor of your rugged strength and your sturdy constitution, I leave you my rock climbing equipment so that you can chase your thrills all the way to the peak of Mount Gimden. <laughs> and then lastly, he turns to you, Zelf, and he says, to Zelf, in honor of your imagination and individuality, I leave you one of my most prized possessions, what I believe to be perhaps the greatest invention of our lifetime. No need to haphazardly mix ingredients and magic together and just hope for the best anymore. Oh now you have a device. And Vilnet uh, places in front of you a simple metal cylinder that, Johnny, you recognize immediately as the Tootsie Bullet. Oh my god! It's a smoothie! Johnny is like, just like his mind is blown. His legs are blown. My mind is also blown. My Jenna, my Jenna mind is blown. I think I'm going to have to mute myself because I'm just like hyena laughing over here. So now you have the knowledge... As Johnny and everybody that Julian Karat is the chairman. Oh, no. oh, man. Oh. You know, I remember clocking that Julian dressed like Willy Wonka in the flashback. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Karat. God, I, this is fantastic. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of Burnt Cookbook Party. We hope you enjoyed it and didn't get too sick to your stomach from anything in it. (laughs) And a special thank you to our Patreon subscribers who are the ones keeping this show afloat. We would be sinking without you. Burnt Cookbook Party is Andrew Hansen as Johnny Brightchild, Caitlin Stadahar as Patty Hertz, Paul Lukemeyer as Zelf, me, Jenna Stieber, as Estriblup, and Justin Green as GM and World Builder. Produced by Jenna Stieber, this episode edited by Justin Green.